Hello, everyone. This is Rico, and you're about to listen to another episode of Treks in Sci-Fi, your weekly dose of geeky goodness. It is, what is it, August 14th, 2022, uh, the middle of August, <laughs> almost, I guess, in another day or so, day and a half, if you want to get technical. That's surprising. <laughs> I feel like I just went to Comic-Con. I feel like it was just yesterday. But it is, yes, the 14th of August. This is show 872. And I'm soloing, which has been, gosh, it's been like a month, I think, since I did a solo show. And that's okay. I mean, I I like doing shows solo. I like doing shows with people. I'm, I'm flexible. I, I try to be a flexible kind of guy. Anyway, uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading already. The main topic, I kind of came to this last week for a variety of reasons, and I don't think I've done a full podcast about uh, the Orville, uh, that sort of very Star Trek-like Seth MacFarlane show that's been out for, or been airing, showing, making episodes for a few years. It's got three seasons out now. I'll talk more about it, but I, it's a great show. Uh, there was a lot of uh, Orville-ness, Orville stuff at, at San Diego Comic-Con uh, that I just went to about a month ago now. Gosh, it was a month ago almost. And so... So I thought that that was it's fresh on my mind. They just fe- finished up season three, so I thought it would be good to kind of recap uh, the third season, talk about the show, and and as I've always done on Treks and Sci-Fi, try to get those who may not have discovered this very 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 good show. Uh, I think it's great, and if you haven't watched it, um, there's a new opportunity. I'm saying a lot now before we get into the podcast proper. But it's on Disney Plus now, too, for a lot of the world uh, in the U.S. for sure. Uh, and, yeah, so let's we'll do the Orville. I'm going to talk about some other stuff first. But, um, hey, let's get into um, the, the, the show proper <laughs> here on Treks in Sci-Fi. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Treks in Sci-Fi podcast. Scotty, beat me up. Fascinating. Stand by to receive our transmission. All right, everyone. Hello, 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 hello there, hello there. I can do my best Obi Wan or Ben Kenobi. Hello there. I I don't think that's that bad. It's a little early on a Sunday, as I always podcast. Hello there. No, that one wasn't good. All right, hello, folks. This is Rico. Welcome again to the show, uh, and I'll just get this out of the way. If you want to support the podcast, and and I can't say this nearly enough, I, I really I, I've had a very core group of people who support on Patreon for for a number of years now. Even uh, it's kind of ma- maintained relative steadiness. Let's say I don't have a lot of supporters on there, but it's it's fine. Whatever happens, happens. Got to learn to accept that in life, right? And uh, but I, I, the core group, you guys have been great. I really appreciate it. Hoping to probably do another podcast with the Patreon folks, maybe towards the end of September, maybe early October, something like that. Um, but you guys are great. Um, that's over at patreon.com forward slash Trex and Sci Fi. You know, a dollar or two a month if you guys feel like it. If you, you know, as I've always said, I've always tried to support podcasts that I listen to through Patreon or PayPal or whatever they do. I still do PayPal, too, as far as, I mean, if you just wanted to make a one-time donation, um, you just send that via, there's a PayPal link on the Treks and Sci-Fi main page. It's just, you basically send it to treksf at gmail.com. I think Treks and Sci-Fi works as well. There's a link there. Just go to just go to the main Treks and Sci-Fi web site and you'll see a link i think you should but anyways that's trouble you can always email me treksf at gmail.com uh, but that's how you support the show so again welcome folks uh hope everybody's doing well uh how's everybody's summer going although if you're in the southern hemisphere and i do know some people who live in the southern hemisphere don't know a lot of people down there but um 
it's really funny when you look at the you know the globe of of the land you know I don't know what the percentage I've never seen this statistic I, I I'm sure I could Google it but the percentage of land in the northern hemisphere versus the southern hemisphere uh, versus you know the ocean you know of course North America South America you know we've got that it's uh, you know there's certainly much more land mass in North America than South America but um, you know, and then Europe, Africa's kind of split a bit, although most of it's southern, I think. Uh, right? Yeah. Uh, I know kind of the equator goes over the top part of Africa. But then you get over to Europe and Asia and stuff like that. And I, I guess it's kind of balanced. There's certainly more landmass in the northern. I don't know how I got on that topic except to say that I think there's more people that live in the northern hemisphere than the southern hemisphere. Although there's some lovely areas I've always said many times Places like Australia, New Zealand, I've always wanted to visit. Um, it, it's interesting. I've been to quite a few places. Been to Asia, been to China, Taiwan. I've always wanted to go to Japan. Haven't been there yet. I really, really need to get to Japan sometime. Uh, but uh, Europe, quite a few places in Europe. Um, not you know, enough, I get. Not enough. I'd love to see more of Europe. Lynn and I keep talking about wanting to travel more <laughs> now that the kids are out. And we're currently dogless, although I'm, I'm trying hard to change that, actually. <laughs> Here's some personal inside Rico stuff, inside baseball. Oh, speaking of baseball, we went to a – this is on my brain. I, I have a ping-pong brain sometimes where things just bounce around depending on what how the conversation goes. But Lynn and I went to a baseball game, Detroit Tigers, earlier this week – or last week, I should say, not earlier this week. Technically, it's the first day of a week. Boy, I'm, a, I'm on a rambling today, today. But, yeah, we went to a baseball game. Baseball is one of the sports. I'm not a big sports guy, uh, but I grew up with baseball. My dad was big into baseball. He even knew some of the Detroit Tiger players. And, he, you know, he was a very good baseball player. And it was one of the sports that I really, really got into uh, that I liked. I could play it. I liked it. I, football never really did it for me. And even though I'm super tall, I never really liked, truthfully, basketball. Uh and anyway, um, so baseball's always been, if, if there's any sport that I, I can enjoy and watch, although I don't really watch it much, I'll go to a game. You know, it's fun to go to sports, I think, in person. But I'm not uh, I'm not somebody that sits and watches games on TV. Lynn, Lynn, my wife, will watch baseball during the summer. She's usually doing something else, like knitting. I feel like I need a drink. <laughs> Excuse me. Totally fine. Totally healthy. Um, but the, yeah, so we went to a baseball game. Comerica Park is, is, uh, the owner or whatever, the builder, whatever you want to call it of the Tiger Stadium. That was the new one that was built. Oh gosh. How long has it been there now? A dozen years at least, maybe more. I'm not sure actually. Uh, but it's a really nice baseball park. They've got a lot of places to eat. It's really well thought out and map laid out the way it's laid out. There's some rides even in there for kids, like a merry-go-round and, and stuff. Um, it's very kid-friendly, I would say. The, the the worst part of the ballpark, and somebody who's tall again, man, those seats are crammed together. <laughs> and they're these hard plastic seats. And I get it. They're probably the toughest, most durable, and kind of cheapest seat you could put in, you know, in a way. But they're they're darn uncomfortable <laughs> after nine innings of a baseball game. We lost 3-2. to two. Tigers right now don't have a great great team, truthfully. They're kind of in a rebuilding mode, as they say. So, All right, there's your baseball. Weather here is pretty good. It's very mild right now. We're only like going to be like 70 today, 70 or 71 Fahrenheit. Tomorrow's supposed to be 80. We've had a pretty good summer. We had a blast of rain, a lot of rain about a week or more ago. And, uh, you know, we got like five inches of rain. Did I say that last time? No, no, it was me and Dylan talking last time. So... But, um, yeah, the rain's kind of calmed down now. Now we're just kind of fairly mild temps, um, maybe in the 80s this week a little bit, so, which is still pretty mild, truthfully, compared to some parts of the world and the country that are frying and burning. And you guys in Europe, you really need to install some air conditioning in your buildings because I don't use air a lot. I've said it many times. But when it's super intense heat, it, it's nice to have. I leave the, you know, we have to get to about mid-80s before I'll turn on the air in the house um we have some pretty good breezes we have trees so the house stays pretty moderate even though the bedrooms are all on the second floor um but um, 
All right, there's totally a bunch of non-geeky talk. So let's get into some geeky talk. What what can we talk about before I talk about the Orville? Maybe for the next, say, 10 minutes. Um, I think the last movie out that I saw was Thor Love and Thunder, and I think I've talked about that. I think I did a show after that. Yeah, it was a good movie. Not the greatest, um, but fun. Uh, I, I... I, I, a lot of people haven't really liked funny Thor, you know, movies. The last couple have been kind of loaded with a little more humor. I, I really liked uh, Natalie Portman as Jane Foster or the mighty Thor. I thought they did. They handled that well. It was they tr- they really did a pretty good job of kind of making it and blending it with what was done in the comics. I've read Thor off and on in the comics over the years. I, I even remember way back <clears throat> Thor has been a Marvel character forever. It's it's always he's always been a Marvel character, um, but uh, and I've said before I grew up reading Marvel comics first. It was basically all I read. Oh, I don't know, maybe for the first ten years of reading comics uh, or so, give or take. Um, but um, then got into DC and Image and other other comics. But the the thing about Thor, though, is it was a character, Thor, I did not really read much. I, I, I finally, after a few years of reading Marvel, I, I grabbed some, started reading Thor and really enjoyed it. Some of the old Thor comics from that era, you know, I'm talking like 80s Thor kind of stuff like that. It, it's it's pretty good stuff. And it, and it's there's much more, I think, how, how can I say it? it it's... It's a blend of the God type stuff along with down to earth kind of stories and a mix. But um, there was something kind of charming about because Thor was he was different then, I, I guess I'll say it in the comics. And they the Thor, the movie Thor, I, I don't I feel he's his own thing. He's not really like he's not really I don't feel like the comics version of Thor very much. They've done him a little bit like that, and when they've blended him in other teams like Avengers, current like current and recent Avengers comics, and Guardians of the Galaxy a little bit, but because of the movie connection a little, I think since the Marvel movies came out, they're kind of trying to do that with some of these characters. It kind of is a little weird, sort of in a way, but um, point is, is Thor's kind of in the movies, kind of his own thing. But, um, yeah, I like that movie. Uh, what else have I been watching movie-wise? Oh, let's uh, – the, the biggie from about a week ago that I watched, I guess that's everybody's been talking about, is the movie Prey, which is this sort of – I guess you could call it a Predator prequel movie because it, it's it's uh, essentially – and it's on Hulu right now. At least that's what's showing it here in um, the U.S. I'm not sure where it's showing. Maybe it's on Disney? Because Hulu is owned by Disney. Maybe it's on Disney Plus in some countries. I'm not sure. This didn't go to the movies. It didn't get a movie theater release as far as I know. Uh, But this is basically uh, Native Americans, uh, Comanches. uh, There's a predator that comes, you know, ship, ship falls to earth, crashes to earth, or lands to earth. Lands, I think. I don't know. Gets dropped off. Uh, the guy and uh, the predator. And then it's basically Predator versus Comanches. And uh, it's a good movie. It's a solid movie. It's a it's well done. Um, I think uh, I think all these people really going nutsy and crazy. crazy, crazy what am I trying to say? What is Rico trying to say? Uh, that are going nuts for it. I, I there, there's a there's just a, I mentioned this many times before, but there's this time. We live in a time now where if a movie is pretty good, everybody just goes ape. You know, they think it's the best movie ever. Is it the best Predator? I mean, the original is still. I mean, how, how do you beat the original? You know, with Arnold. I mean, it's like you're so ugly. You ugly. I can't. I can't do any Arnold this morning. Sorry, uh, but um, if it bleeds, you can kill it. Uh, you know, but uh, but this is a good movie. It's it's really well done. Um, and I think it's, I believe it, you know, I believe that there's a lot of talk about, you know, there's some talk of, you know, you got Comanches with, with bow and arrows and sticks and hatchets and things and and pointed sticks. And, and, and you've got the Predator, you know, with all this weaponry and the camouflage. And it's like, basically like every, you know, some people are saying like, well, that doesn't seem like it. You can beat that. And, and I'm like, sure you can. You just have to be better and more and more 
more imaginative and creative and, and, you know, I'm not going to give away anything, but, uh, obviously <laughs> the predator still, still kills a bunch. So, I mean, you know, that's no surprise. I mean, heck yeah, I think you can see that in previews. So, but yeah, it's a good movie. It's, it's really good. And, and, uh, I think they did a, you know, did a good, good job of it. The guy, what's his name? The, the guy that, that wrote and directed it. He used to do this movie show. Uh, he was kind of a guy who loved movies. Uh, I, uh, Trachtenberg. Yeah, Trachtenberg. Dan Trachtenberg, is that his name? Yeah. Uh, he's, he's keep an eye on that guy. He's done some good stuff, and I think it will continue to do some things. I think he's, he, he knows what to do that make, that, that makes a good movie without, you know, I mean, there was probably a reasonable budget for this movie, but it's not huge. It really, you know, it's obvious I was having a conversation with some of my friends online with Chris and Joe and stuff and just mentioning how, you know, the Native Americans, the Comanches look, they're a little too pretty to me. And, um, and I, you know, I don't know. I, I, it, it's very tricky. I think <clears throat> there, what was that movie? 10,000 BC. Is that what it was called from like 10, 15 years ago? That was another one that, and I think that one even more. So I think this one does an okay job with it, but that 10,000 BC with, you know, prehistoric man or whatever, those people just did not look, you know, the actors, like, you need to make somebody look like they're not a modern, you know, they haven't had modern, like, teeth care, health care, hair care. <laughs> it's just, you know, 10,000 years ago, people were not as well put together. Let's just put it that way. I, I'm sorry. It, it's just... Maybe some of them were at certain stages in their lives, but life was harder, and, and that's going to take its toll for one thing. Um, when you've got to live off the land and, and, you know, I was having this conversation recently about, oh, I know what it was. My, my son, my younger son, Eric, was here, and he was talking about this show, what is it called, Alone or something? It's a survivalist kind of game show-y thing where they leave people out in the wilderness, right? right? And it's something they've got to, like, survive for... There's a group of them that get dropped off, and then whoever survives the longest, I think, wins a prize or something, basically. But one of the comments – sorry, I'm, I'm really rambling on, on a lot of things today. One of the comments was civilization and just, just people um, – you can do a lot more with each time. Like if you're alone, you have to depend on yourself for everything for food, for the shelter that you have, for water, for, for protection. I mean, you're, you're totally dependent on, I mean, even when you're alone in a, in your home or an apartment, you not really, that's not really what I mean by being alone. All of the stuff that you have and the food and the things that you live with and the home itself, those have all been created by other people, right? So if you had to get everything by yourself, I mean, it's just a grind. You Every day would be just surviving, right? Trying to survive, getting what you needed. But each time you add a person to that mix, if there's two of you, one of you could rest while well, one of you kind of watches for predators or whatever, right? And then you add a third, a fourth, a fifth, and go on. And this is no great, you know, revelation or concept, but the the point is the smaller the group, the harder it is to live and to survive. And so, so you know, we live in a modern world and, and except for, you know, some isolated tribes that I think are still out in, in, in very remote places, we, <laughs> we're spoiled kind of. I mean, I, I admit it. I mean, we all, I mean, I, I love it. I, I appreciate it. I think about it occasionally, but most of us don't really think about it too much. But I mean, when you think about everything that goes into what we what we, you go through your each day, I mean, we're doing like laundry today. So we have clothes that were made by somebody, right? And we have washing machines and dryers that were made by people and all the little parts that go into them. It's just incredible when you think about it. And I think some people, I anyway, I, I, I spun off this from the Comanches in the, in the Prey movie, but... Um, you know, when you're having to depend on in gathering your food and, and, and growing your food or hunting for your food and protecting your, your group of people, it, it's it, you, you probably don't have a lot of time to, you know, primp your hair up and <laughs> go to the, get your teeth cleaned or, or whatever. So, yeah. But, no, I mean, that was really a small little thing, and I think Prey was okay really along those lines. That 10,000 B.C. movie, no. All right. 
I got to wrap this up in a minute or two so I can talk a good amount of time about the Orville. I did watch The Gray Man, this movie on Netflix. Not really sci-fi, but I thought it was pretty well done. I enjoyed it. I watched this um, um, also last night on Netflix called Day Shift uh, with Jamie Foxx. It's a vampire movie. Nothing incredible, truthfully. Um, Basically, he's hunting. He's a vampire hunter, kind of. Um, Yeah, it was fairly forgettable. Had some good moments, I thought. Some interesting things, some interesting uh, vampire-related stuff in there. You know, each time they do some kind of a vampire movie, everybody has to put a little bit of a different twist on it. It it was more or less comedy, too. There was a lot of comedy in it. Uh, But I did watch that. A couple of things. um, I'm trying to think of television-wise. Television's pretty much been wrapped down. We have Andor coming not till now, September. Um, The... I'm watching Better Call Saul, which is not sci-fi, but that's an amazing show in its last episode. I finished up Riverdale for the season. They are getting one more season, and then it's ending. Uh, I heard they were getting one more Flash season, or we are definitely getting that. It's going to end. It's going to be a shorter season, too, only like 12 or 13 episodes. Um, Seems like the CW is, you know, like DC slash CW is really, and then the big Batgirl announcement, right? (laughs) Boy, canceling a movie that you pretty much have got done, uh, that you spend a bunch of money on, it's just so bizarre to me. And, you know, I know it's a businessy kind of decision, but, but yeah, the only thing that's going to be really left, well, Stargirl's coming back at the end of this month for its third season and probably most likely its last season. I thought that's been a really fun show. I like it. Um, the, um, what else we've, well, we got She-Hulk coming this week on, on um, Disney, right? Disney Plus. Which looks good. That looks like a lot of fun. Um, what else? I was going to say something else, though, that um, just finished up. Oh, I was talking about Riverdale. Yeah, they're getting one more season. Oh, Superman and Lois show is coming back. That'll be back. But there's not going to be much left on CW as far as superheroes, pretty much. I mean, DC Legends at Tomorrow is gone. I mean, they, they wiped the slate. Uh, Riverdale's a CW show. It's <laughs> it's practically sci-fi because it's, it's gotten pretty out there. Um, but... Um, yeah, I kind of I kind of miss the days when we had Green Arrow on, where we had well, Arrow, sorry, and we had Legends of Tomorrow and Supergirl, and we could do those team up shows. I know some people are a little, it's set out there superhero weary, you know, of TV and movies, but I, I love this stuff. I grew up reading comics. I, I I'll just take anything, you know, as long as it's well done. And I think these shows have all had their ups and downs, but I've I've. Uh, Although I will not miss Batwoman. <laughs> I'm like, uh, they just, uh, I can handle a lot, but that show was just, just it just wasn't for me. Uh, maybe it was for some people. I, I don't know. All right, folks, I'm going to take a break. Uh, that's a quick rundown. Not a lot. Oh, we've got uh, Lower Decks coming the later, later this month, which is amazing. And uh, I'm trying not to talk about more about Comic-Con and how cool it was to meet some of the people there. Uh, I feel like I've covered that pretty well. I do want to do another music video for Comic-Con, another show some more of the pictures and video that I took. I, I took a ton of pictures, probably more pictures this time than I have even in the past, probably making up for three years of being away from it. Uh, I used my phone a lot, which I said, I think I said on one of the podcasts. But uh, All right, let's segue over into talking about The Orville, the Seth MacFarlane sci-fi show. And I will play, let's go to, uh, let's play the opening credit uh, sequence from one of this, I guess we'll do a season one. I don't think it's, I think the visuals have changed a bit, but I don't, I don't think the music has changed that much or the, the style of the intro. But let me play one of the intros to the Orville uh, while I take this break and I'll come back and we'll talk about this cool sci-fi show.
Alrighty, there you go. There is the opening credits. I think it's from that's a season one version. The the latest season number three, which is also subtitled New Horizons, the Orville New Horizons. <clears throat> excuse me. That um, they have a different longer theme to it. So, uh, but the music is basically the same. I really like the music. I think they. Uh, well, who I'm trying to see the music. Uh, Let's see, the show uses a 75-piece orchestra for the music in each episode, written by several different composers, such as Job Don Debney, Joel McNeely, Bruce Broughton, who brought the show's theme and composed the, for the score for the pilot. McFarland says, we score it like a movie. We really put as much into that as we do the effects. Uh, looks like they had a soundtrack for season one that's out by La La, Ran- La, La Land Records. Um, and an album for season two is out, too. So, yeah, so I like the music. Let me give you some background. If you don't know the Orville, if you do know it, this will be just kind of a fun recap or or whatever. But um, the Orville, it's an American science fiction comedy drama television series created by Seth MacFarlane, uh, who also plays the main uh, protagonist or one of the main characters, Ed Mercer, Captain Ed Mercer of the Orville starship. He's an officer in the Planetary Union's line of exploratory vessels in the 25th century. This show is inspired primarily by the original Star Trek and The Next Generation. And it heavily parodies and also pays homage to those shows. The um, It basically follows the crew of the Starship Orville on their episodic adventures. There are some ongoing theme, themes slash storylines going um, on on the show. But I'd say it's fairly episodic. Uh, much more like, uh, you know, TNG style. I'd say the the closest thing that it is to really is TNG. I don't really, I don't know, I don't really find it that much like TOS, honestly. Uh, but that's, a, you know, it doesn't really matter. Um, it's produced by Fuzzy Door Productions, a 20th century television. Orville first premiered on September 10th, 2017. So it's been around for about five years now. Ran for two seasons on Fox. Um, although it still aired on Hulu the day after each episode released, uh, which is interesting if, if you were somebody who, you know, only had Hulu then or something, but, um, a third season was started on Hulu on June 2nd, subtitled the Orville new horizons season. Um, this is, you know, I'll, I'll just mention it. I, I don't know. I don't think much of sometimes critics, but. The first season received generally negative reviews from critics. Season two was received better. The show had successful ratings on Fox, becomes one of the becoming one of the broadcasters' highest-rated Thursday show, as well as Fox's most viewed debut drama since 2015. Uh, but even with all that, um, Fox dropped it, and I've never really understood why or heard a good explanation, except you know networks drop things and fox is is kind of got a reputation for doing that uh you know hey firefly yeah i'm talking about you uh but um they've they've started and dropped so many shows nbc is kind of really the other ones that does you know does that kind of thing it's a little surprising because you know seth mcfarlane has had a lot of success with fox family guy you know being the biggie American Dad was there for a long time, and then it moved to TBS. But um, you know, and and obviously, as as you guys probably most of you know, Seth MacFarlane, you know, grew up. You know, he loves Star Trek. You know, it's it's one of his. You know, he likes it. He he really really likes it a lot. He appeared uh, on at least one, maybe a couple of Enterprise episodes, Star Trek Enterprise. Uh, as a crew person so uh, you know Seth MacFarlane is a big sci-fi guy let me read here a little bit I'm reading some uh, most of this stuff from like the the Orville Wikipedia page here the um, here's a little blurb on the development MacFarlane originally wrote the Orville as a spec script and which was given then a 13 episode order by Fox in May of 2016 making the first live action live action TV series created by MacFarlane Following the project's greenlight, McFarland stated, I've always wanted to do something like this show ever since I was a kid, and the timing finally feels right. I think this is going to be something special, he said. And according to McFarland, the Orville was inspired by the Twilight Zone and Star Trek. I don't get the Twilight Zone, truthfully. <laughs> After watching all of these episodes, and I know, obviously, 
uh, I know the Twilight Zone. I know Star Trek very well, both of them. I I don't. I, I, get, I guess I could see a couple of times in some of the episodes a little Twilight Zone influence. Twilight Zone was always about, like, the twist, a bit of a twist kind of a thing, right? Or turning things on their end. Like, I think about that episode of the Twilight Zone where you don't see um, – it's it's in a hospital. Here's a, here's a classic Twilight Zone episode. And, and if you're not a Twilight Zone fan or watcher, you never watched the original series with Rod Serling, you really need to. Um, some amazing episodes done – very low key and low budget, but it's all about the story and the writing and the acting. But there's this episode of The Twilight Zone, and this is a good example of what this show was like, which is it's sort of in a hospital, but everything's in shadows. And they're talking about this woman and, you know, oh, we've done all we could for her. And they unwrap her bandages and and she's beautiful. She's a beautiful woman. And they're like and they're all like they're all like horrified by her appearance and what it turns out is on this planet and in this place, beauty, you know, it's 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 a basically a take on beauty is in the eye of the beholder. And 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 the rest and they finally show the rest of the people in the hospital. And they have these very kind of I wouldn't call them exactly ugly, but they have these sort of weird pig faces, and they make them obviously look a little you know, grotesque and not like people look, right? And so, again, the point is, is beauty, you know, is, is different everywhere. And, and there on that planet, you know, a beautiful woman to us w- would be, they're, they're horrified. So that's kind of the idea of, of things don't kind of go according to plan or as expected. So I don't know if there's that much influence of that on the Orville. I don't really, um, I don't know if I really see that too much. Anyway, um what else does this say here? He was also encouraged, uh, encouraged in whatever word I just tried to say. He was also encouraged to sell the series due to the success of Guardians of the Galaxy and Deadpool. So that brings up a good point. The first two seasons, especially season one, I feel there's a lot of humor. Like, like it, it, it's, it's, it feels, and I've said this at the time, and I think I've talked about it before, even on the podcast, that. It felt kind of forced and it felt kind of out of place. Um, it's fun and it's funny and stuff, but it 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 seems it just. I think there were there were a few episodes, especially in the early ones, that I feel like it was like that. Like they were trying to almost like it was like literally. I expected somebody to pull up a, a toy gun out of their things and and shoot it and then the little the little flag thing would come out like that would say bang like the joker uses that kind of like it was very lowbrow kind of humor and i love family guy i love the american american dad not the american dad but american dad i like seth mcfarland's sense of humor i like his 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 attitudes about things i i totally love all that stuff but in this show it just it just struck me as weird it just it just would come out of nowhere sometimes, and and sometimes the jokes would hit, and sometimes they wouldn't, and it's kind of fun, but um, but when it kind of when that settled down a little bit, when when the humor was still there, but it was it wasn't being like just smashed over your head like somebody literally taking an egg and smashing it over your head for a joke or something. I got much more interested in it and, and the show appealed to me a lot more. It felt better. It felt more um, cohesive and and interesting to me and the stories got more interesting and I, I just I, I liked it much more. And I would I would by far say, and I'm jumping a little ahead, I want to give you a little bit more background on the show first, but the last season, New Horizons, the one that was um, that just finished up that aired on Hulu and you can now watch on Disney Plus. It's it's by far the best of, of the three seasons. I mean, it, it's just really, really good episodes, really interesting episodes, really interesting themes and ideas that they present. Um, super great sci-fi in some of them. Uh, it's just really, really just notched it up like tenfold, in, in my opinion, or more. I mean, just, just I can't say enough about... I loved, like, for example, Strange New Worlds, which I've said, right? And meeting those guys in, in San Diego was so cool. And Strange New Worlds, you know, a lot of times in the – there's an Orville Facebook group that I'm in. A lot of times people will say, oh, this, you know, the Orville is so much better than Star Trek. And, and I don't like those comparisons myself. 
I know people have had trouble with Discovery and Picard a little, but um, but Strange New Worlds, you know. But I, and again, I get all that, but to 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 kind of, I just don't feel that that's a good comparison. But what I'm gonna say is that with this and Strange New Worlds over the last year, I mean, we've had two super solid sci-fi shows to watch, and and very um, they're different. Uh, but they're both great. I mean, there's no reason to pick one over the other. You can enjoy them both. So, um, but yeah, the third season, really, really great. And there was humor in there. It struck a lot of people as odd. I mean, the show was gone for a few years because of COVID primarily and the move to Hulu, of course. But the, the, you know, a lot of people were kind of like, well, where's the humor? And they did some episodes with that. Uh, there was still humor, but it was... Um, yeah, it was uh, definitely not like it was in the first couple of seasons, especially like season one. Um, let's go through the characters in the cast a bit more if you're not familiar with with the show. Um, I'll talk a little bit about there were there were some cast changes um, with the show that happened, but it it I would say primarily that the cast has stayed the same. So Seth MacFarlane, I've already said, is the captain of the ship. Uh, Adrian Pilecki is um, who plays Commander Kelly Grayson. She's the first officer, and she's also Ed Mercer's ex-wife, which you learn then in about the first three minutes of the of the of the show itself in the first episode. So that's not a big surprise there. Um, and Adrian's really great. She was on Marvel Agents of Shield. Uh, she's she's just solid, and she's really fun to watch. And she's got a good sense of humor, and 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 just yeah. So, um, and and the other big Trek connection is Penny Johnson Gerald, who played Cassidy Yates, of course, on DS Nine, Cisco's girl, uh, lady friend, whatever you want to say. <laughs> she plays the Doctor on the ship, Doctor Claire Claire Finn, and she's got a. Honestly, she has probably one of the biggest roles, maybe especially in the recent season. She's got a huge role for um, a lot of reasons, so which I'll talk maybe a little bit about. Uh, Scott Grimes is Lieutenant Gordon Malloy. Um, he's he's a longtime friend of of Seth MacFarlane. Uh, he's kind of the biggest jokester. He's the helmsman. Uh, he's Mercer's best friend, uh, and so forth. Peter Macon is commander lieutenant commander bordis who's a mocklin he's kind of i wouldn't call him the klingon of the ship or or you know but he's got kind of that gruff personality a little bit and and the mocklin race they've delved into quite a bit more especially in the most recent season and uh so that's a very interesting character uh when the show first started halston sage she played uh lieutenant delara Catan. um she was a very young chief of security. Uh, she she's from a um, Salea, this planet that has very high gravity and gives her very. Um, she's very she's like not quite Superman, but she's got much more. She's much stronger than than a human, so she comes in handy, especially being in security. Uh, Jay Lee is Lieutenant uh, John Lamar, uh, and he is. At first, he, he's on the bridge, and, and he's sort of, uh, I guess, navigator or something or the other. He, he sits there with Malloy, and then pretty quickly, he um, he becomes the chief engineer of the ship, which which was, I think, a good move. They needed an, an engineer, and he's an interesting character in, in that. So, And Mark Jackson uh, plays Isaac. He is a Kalon. He's basically a... Um, an android type species that's that's has sentience he becomes a very integral part of the show uh the kalon become a very big part of the of the series and and i'll maybe say a little bit more about that um later on um when halston sage leaves leaves the show that actress uh who plays again um uh, from she's from this Salea planet they bring in another um, uh, security chief, uh, uh, Lieutenant Commander Tala Kela, Kalea. I, I don't know. They always call her Tala. It seems like, um, uh, and that's play. She's played by Jessica Sor. I think is this how you say her last name? As S Z O H R. 
she replaces Alara after her resignation in season two. So, and then uh, the third season, they introduced a new character, Anne Winters, played by, um, sorry, Anne Winters is the actress. She plays Ensign Charlie Burke, um, who's the navigator uh, on the show and sits up on the bridge with um, Malloy. So, so yeah, so that's the the main cast. Uh, there's a lot of good supporting people victor garber is probably a biggie that a lot of people know he was on alias and in other shows he was on dc legends of tomorrow he plays um admiral halsey kind of um you know basically he's he's the fleet admiral guy he's who ed mercer has to kind of report to another a big recurring character played by chad coleman is clyden who is bordis's mate uh also norm mcdonald before he passed away he did the voice for uh, Yafit, who's this sort of like gelatinous alien cube thing uh, that's one of the engineers on the Orville. Really cool character. I think that's a really interesting idea to have like something so alien, you know, it's not even look, doesn't even look like a, a, you know, a two arms, two leg kind of humanoid type appearance. Um, they've had a lot of other good guests uh on the show and yeah ted danson is probably another biggie plays admiral perry uh just just yeah a lot of solid solid people people that you know i'm gonna get a drink i'm gonna pause the recording just for a second hang on all right so yeah that's that's a rundown of the cast the characters they play fairly similar again to to trek in terms of, you know, the types of, you know, it's on a ship. They have this, these people playing these roles, doctors, helmsmen, engineers, captain, of course, first officer. I would say Isaac kind of handles the role of science officer. They don't really have, uh, I guess that's basically what he plays. <clears throat> um, let's go through a rundown of the show itself a little bit more about, so, the first season had 12 episodes. It aired from September 10th, 2017 to December 7th, 2017. It was on Fox. 12 episodes for season one. Season two came out uh, starting in December 30th, 2018. Had 14 episodes. The biggest season or the biggest number of episodes for a season ended um, April 25th, 2019. I'm trying to remember... I don't think it was very long after. Um, I'm trying to remember when it was officially announced that it was was canceled um, in 2019 by Fox. Um, maybe there's something here somewhere. I'm trying to see something about the cancellation or anything like that. Uh, the third season was initially. Da, 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 da. Yeah, I can't. I can't find anything right now. Maybe if I take a pause to play a little clip or something for you, I'll uh, I'll try to look that up and see what I can find. Um, so uh, that that's a rundown of the episodes of the seasons and stuff. Last season, um, uh, the Orville New Horizons, it uh, had only ten episodes. It was going to have eleven, but they got they they basically couldn't couldn't quite do it. So it was going to have eleven when it was first talked about. And that was on Hulu. Started on June 2nd, 2022. It just wrapped up, um, I guess, a week and a half or so ago on August 4th with its finale episode. And, yeah, so that's a rundown. So a little bit more on the behind-the-scenes stuff. Another person that a lot of people will know that's involved in this show is John Favreau, who all everybody who watches The Mandalorian or The Book of Boba Fett, everybody knows John Favreau. He was in The Iron Man and some of the Avengers movies, right? Uh, he was Tony's friend, right? Uh, happy, they called him, right? And and he's, I would say John Favreau has become much more of a behind-the-scenes guy these days than, than in front of the camera kind of a guy. He's definitely done movies in front of the camera. I remember way back when, I think he was in a, in a few episodes of Friends. <clears throat> so um, I think that's correct. I think I've got that right. Anyway, so he's he's worked on the show. He's he's kind of one of the executive producers. He's directed some episodes, um, like he directed the pilot, for example. So a lot of, uh, oh, by far, I'm looking over the Wikipedia page, and Seth MacFarlane has written, uh, well, he wrote by far uh, the vast majority of the season one episodes. Like, it looks like all but 
one, two, three, four, five. So he wrote seven or eight of them. Let's see, five, six, seven, eight. He wrote eight. Uh, so in one, two, three, four. Okay, so only four. Yeah, 12 episodes, eight by Seth MacFarlane written in, in the first season. Second season, Seth wrote also a bunch, um, 14 episodes in that. Seth wrote three, four, five, six, looks like six. And then the, a mix of the other ones. Brandon Braga is another guy that's on this show, works on this show. He was actually one of the people that I got to talk to briefly at the panel, the the press press thing at uh, San Diego Comic-Con. Uh, he was there. Um, and, you know, of course, everybody knows him from Voyager, Star Trek Voyager. And then um, so there's a mix of other writers in there for, for season two. And then season uh, three, Seth MacFarlane also wrote a lot. Uh, one, two, three, four. Brandon Braga wrote quite a few with Andrew Andre Bramus. However, you say the guy's name. He was on what did some Deep Space Nine, right? I think it was the technical consultant, uh, and you know those that team of those two wrote about four of them, and then a couple of other people here. So, point about all this is you know between probably Brandon and and Seth, they they really control the show as far as the writing you know they're they're writing it a lot um directing is interesting too both um robert duncan mcneil played tom paris of course on voyager and jonathan frakes number one number one i can't do uh i can't do a patrick stewart yet today but uh but those guys have directed episodes of this show and they know trek so that this is this is not too complicated or surprising that they do this uh brandon braga has also directed quite a few seth mcfarland has directed quite a few um jonathan rakes it looks like he's done a couple robert duncan mcneil has done a couple season uh three is a little unusual um seth mcfarland and a guy named john kassar i think is how you say his name uh they kind of split directing duties for season three so uh you know I think it's kind of incredible. I mean, you know, I, I, I think, I don't know if we give enough credit to Seth MacFarlane, honestly, but the guy is writing these episodes. He's directing some of these episodes. He's, there are a lot of them, uh, and, and he's acting in them. Although I, I definitely feel, and not much of a spoiler, I don't think this is, and I'm trying to keep this a spoiler-free kind of show just to get you guys interested if you haven't watched the show. But um, I would say that that Captain Mercer, his character, he kind of he let a lot of the other characters do more in season three. I don't know if that's the right way to say it. Let them. But he kind of he, he definitely even though he's written a lot, he doesn't make like the show only about the captain. Right. That That's what I really basically want to say. That's the other really good thing about this show, and I think it's it's been the case since really since the beginning of the show, although I think it's increased quite a bit even in season three, is that they involve all of the characters, all of the cast, quite a bit. I don't think anyone really doesn't get a chance. I would say the only probably people that, that maybe don't get explored that much, and they, they did a little bit with, um, uh, you know, well, I don't know how much I want to say about this, but um, yeah, I, I, I would say that um, I'm trying to go down to the cast list again to tell you. <laughs> what am I trying to say here? What am I trying to say? What is what is Rico? I would say Alara, uh, when she was on the show, and, and, and Tala, both those probably maybe are the least explored, although they still have had their times. Maybe, maybe... Uh, Maybe a little bit even with uh, John Lamar, the engineer. But even then, even saying that is probably a bit of a stretch in terms of, you know, who has had some time to shine and who hasn't. They've all really have had that. And and again, I feel that that, that is kind of one of the main, to me, the main things that makes the show great. And, and the main appeal is that it isn't just about a couple of characters. And I've said this before. I think one of the problems that Discovery has had, besides the fact that they do these episodes, sorry, uh, season-long arcs, which they need to stop, um, 
the the other thing is they they've really missed the boat on on involving the other characters and pulling them in. It's it's so much become the Burnham show. Uh, it, it's it's a little embarrassing, honestly, that she's the only one that can handle or fix everything. And I still like Discovery. I mean, I, I I'm trying not to defend it, but I I think it's a huge weakness. I think I think that they're four seasons into the show, and you barely know any of those other bridge characters you really don't you you barely know their names and and it's a shame because because i i just don't think modern star trek should be like that and they've definitely have actively not done that with strange new worlds in the first season right i mean they've given most of the characters some time i would say uh some a little bit more than others uh but it 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 definitely feels like they're working together and the captain doesn't just you know take care of or or let's say the captain doesn't solve everything so um so yeah so that's that i think is is one of the best things of of the orville is is just the camaraderie and the group you know all of them together I'm going to try to find some kind of clip to play for you. It's so hard without spoiling any anything, but um I'll try to I'll try to find some kind of highlight clip um or something that that doesn't give too much away, maybe from one of the early um early seasons or something like that. It's it's tricky to um and if you don't want to listen to this, I don't think it'll be a spoiler thing, but um but yeah, I will. Um, I will play something here to give you a little bit of uh, background on uh, on what um, what this show is like to give you a little idea of the characters and stuff. So uh, here you go. Hi, I'm Captain Ed Mercer of the Jehovah's Witnesses. You are very fragile, Captain Mercer. There's an anti-bullying law named after me. Yes, I'm aware of it. Give me the device, human, or I will destroy your. Sorry, can you? Can you move like two steps to your right? Yeah, just right there. Perfect. Yeah, sorry, you were just very weirdly framed. It was all I could focus on. Anyway, what is it you want? My God, you guys look like unemployed backup dancers. You want to lead this landing party? No, I'm too shy to wear a crop top. You must be Hamilak. Nice name. Just kidding. It's not. Derek, what the hell are you doing? Oh, of course it's a Derek. Cuckoo, cuckoo, cuckoo. Thousand light years from Earth, and you're still awkward in the elevator. Alara, you want to open this jar of pickles for me? I loosened it for you. You guys can't handle the thought of a gelatinous person in charge of a department. Yeah, but that is not it. This is so racist, man. You're so friggin' racist. I am not. I have several gelatinous friends. That's an order. Understood. That's an order. What? Oh, my God. I'm sorry. I thought you hung up. I'm s- Oh, God. I'm so sorry. Please, Admiral, have mercy. Please. Thank you. Okay, bye. Wait. Before you click away, do me a favor. Subscribe to this channel. It means a lot to me. Well, not really, but it means a lot to someone, I'm sure. Also, if you like what you just watched, you can see even more content on the Fox Now app. Don't say I ever gave you nothing. All right, that was, uh, yeah, that was a fun clip. <laughs> uh, a lot of, I think, season one, Ed Mercer, you know, making some jokes. Again, if you're okay with that, I mean, it, it, it is in the early season, especially or the first season. I'm okay with it. It's, it's, it, it's funny. And, and that's the kind of stuff I can find on YouTube easily. I'm going to play another clip, I think, or something for you here in a minute. Um, but, um, but yeah, there, um, there's a, there's a, you know, quite a bit of humor sprinkled into the show, obviously, but what else do I want to say about this? You know, we're, we're coming up on an hour in the podcast. It's just, it's just fun. It's good. It's good sci-fi. It's fun. Uh, it's good actors, good writing. Uh, and yeah, I mean, if you've got Hulu and or Disney plus watch it, if you've not watched it. And again, if you're, I think it did lose some people from the humor aspect of it. I keep, I, you know, don't mean to keep talking about it, but I think it's important that you understand that it's, even even the shows that have a lot of humor, I think there's really a lot of good stuff in there. And and again, there are people who just maybe you want that. Maybe maybe you're, I know there are a lot of people that that were disappointed that there was less humor in season three, uh, and jokes of that kind of stuff. But um, the other thing that this show, even uh, the the stuff that um, 
I think they even do this in Strange New Worlds a bit. And and I don't know what it is, but um, they do a lot of references to our time, right? And, and I get it, I guess. I, it makes sense a little bit. But it, I'm wondering if in hundreds of years from now they will be playing like, oh, movies, TV shows, um, making references to modern, our art, our, our music. Um, it, you know, it, it's just it's fun and it's kind of cool to see. And, and, and I guess, you know, there are composers from <laughs> a long time ago that people still listen to, you know? Uh, so, so it's, yeah, I mean, that's fine. That's fine. And it isn't really what the, what, it, you know, really what the show is about. The, one of the interesting things that I noticed, cause I started to watch, I wanted to watch some of it on Disney plus now that's on there. So I started watching episode one again or the pilot, or whatever you want to call it. It's maybe not really even a pilot. Um, the the Orville ship itself, the ship itself, was 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 very much said to be this sort of like middle-of-the-road exploratory vessel. It wasn't a big deal. You know, Mercer's character wasn't the most... He wasn't a Kirk. He, he wasn't the most, like, ideal captain. And, and so he kind of fell into this thing. I, I won't say too much, but... They have a, basically, essentially, a lot of ships, and they need to put captains on them. So the Orville was not like a top of the line ship, but over the years, the 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 and the series, now it, it's sort of become the top of the line ship. And all the other ships, when they have battles and things show up, are you know, it's basically the you know the 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 top dog more or less, more or less. Um, and that's fine. They've kind of twisted that a little bit. I think it goes with the territory. If you're going to do a sci-fi show like this, like a Star Trek-like show about a ship, you um, except they've changed that a little bit with lower decks. Intentionally, that that show and that ship is not a you know fleet level you know leader ship out there. It's a little scrappy little ship, right? And that's fine and that's cool. But what ends up happening with these shows because of the involvement of big things happening, right, to this planetary union. And, and to Earth and these characters and all, they get involved in the big stuff, right? And you, you're probably not going to have uh, one of your, like, sort of mid-level whatever ships out there, get you know, getting involved in the big stuff. What's probably really what they did in the show to sort of show that is these guys have basically shown this crew has kind of shown that they know how to handle themselves and they get the job done. Sometimes it's a little awkward. Sometimes they kind of mess up. And um, but they get the job done, and so I think that's given them some cachet um, with with fleet command and all and all that stuff. So yeah, that that's pretty uh, pretty cool. And I will say the other thing the show has always had um, it looks amazing. The sets, the I think the I like the uniforms, the costumes. Um, I, I I you know the the ship itself is a cool ship. I have an Eagle Moss. Um, one of the Orville sitting here next to me. Um, and in season three, it's amped up even more so that, um, they, you know, they really did, um, they really did a a number on like, (laughs) it's, it looks amazing. I I would say there's, there's an opening in season three in the first episode at the beginning, the first 10 minutes or so of that episode in season three is just incredible effects going on. Um, yeah, stuff I've never really even seen on a TV show, let alone even a movie or whatever, but, uh, super impressive. Uh, yeah. So it's, it's a great show. I think I've said that a million times, I think during the podcast here, a bunch, and I think you owe yourself a chance to, to give it a shot. Um, and it's very, if you like Star Trek, I mean, the the simple way to put it, if you, and if I think probably 90% of people listening maybe have already watched this show to some degree. Maybe you haven't finished it. Maybe you haven't watched season three. But um, I would say, again, season three is amazing, is the best of them. And I, I, I sincerely, one of the reasons, too, to do this and to get people watching it is they have not announced a season four yet. The guys, the people, and the, the, all the cast and, and people that came to San Diego, they, they said they're still waiting they said they're probably not going to know for a little while. Everyone's kind of hinging things on, you know, now that they're on Disney Plus and there's this Disney, the D, what is it called? D, D Plus event or D something or the some kind of big Disney event. I think it's in the like maybe the first weekend of September. Maybe it's the second weekend. Um, but um, they're, 
there's a lot of hope that um, because there's a lot of Disney properties that they have announcements at this thing. Um, D23? Is that what it is? D23? Uh, which I don't understand where that is, where what the 23 means. But um, there's a lot of hope that season four will be announced there. And, and I'm a big, you know, I hope so too. The, the, the trouble will be, even if they announce it, uh, all the actors and everything have kind of, they're not in contract anymore. They all seem to want it. They all, all have kind of stated they would love to come back and do more. But it maybe takes some time to gather them, get everything going again, and, and all that. So we, we probably are a couple of years away. You know, there was a big gap between season two and three. And if it does come back for four, what I hope they would do is announce, like, a couple of seasons so they can keep these people together for a while, at least something like that, right? Rather than just to go, okay, you get another season, you bring them all together, and then you let them go, and then you do another, you know, I don't think that that would be the case. I think they would know sooner so that they would, I think most television shows try to not let that happen, right? You don't want to like announce year, you know, a year later after a show is finished airing, oh, hey, by the way, we're going to do a new season and everybody's run off and everything, the band is kind of split up, right? That's not that's not the way to do it. You always announce, and there are shows nowadays, <laughs> the other end of it is where they're announcing renewals for ep- shows like an episode into, into or two into the season or even before the season comes out. So, it, it, you know, there's a, it's, it's very, a weird, we're in a weird world of streaming services and how they do these things. It's all different than it used to the old days when you had shows that would air from like September to maybe May. The announcements, if they were going to come back, would come in like the springtime before the show would finish, something like that. And yeah, so, um, but yeah, the Orville, I, I, I just, um, let me play one more. I'll play this other, there's a little thing on Kelly and it's a little behind the scenes thing. Uh, slightly with a character uh, with a, a bit of season one stuff and, and her relationship with Ed Mercer. So I'm going to play a little one more clip and then I'll come back and finish the show. You know, I've been doing a lot of thinking. So have I. You have? Yeah. I miss you. Ed and Kelly almost get back together. What do you say we do a date this week? Like a, like a real date like we used to do. I think that's a wonderful idea. Good, so do I. They try the dating thing, only to find out that she feels that he can't make decisions based on his feelings for her. One of your officers has direct contact with a primitive alien civilization, and you don't think that's of consequence? If you ever again edit a report to protect one of your officers, you'll find yourself scrubbing toilets at Union Point. So she stops the relationship before it starts again. Ed. This isn't going to work. She's right. I mean, he wouldn't be able to make decisions if he had to send her down to a fatal mission. He wouldn't be able to do it. You and I, together, it jeopardizes your command. It jeopardizes the smooth operation of the ship, and it jeopardizes our friendship. It can't happen. Yeah, so if you haven't, I guess, watched season one, that might be a tiny bit of a spoiler, but um, but I think it tells you or shows you a little bit about the the non-jokiness and the, how the characters interact and yeah it's 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 good stuff good good show and uh it's been definitely one of my favorites since it's been on the air uh there's a long haul three years or so i think let's see when did when did season two end again <laughs> season two the timing let's see yeah season two ended in in april of 2019 yeah, they had the unfortunateness of, you know, season season two ended about a whole year prior to even COVID starting. And then, of course, they had to change networks and Fox dropped them and all that. Um, but um, and then so it didn't come back for for uh, over three years. Yeah. From April 2019 to June 2022. So, yeah, long haul. Hopefully we'll get a season four and more. Maybe a movie even sometime. There's there's talk like that. Um, yeah, this is a great show. Watch it. Give it a shot if you haven't yet. Great cast, great stories, and, and season three is is amazing. I, I I can't say enough good stuff about it. I think they really, really did some cool sci-fi things. There's some time travel things that they do, and, and just, yeah. And they've done that before um, in, in previous seasons, so there's... I'm not spoiling too much, but um, yeah, 
Cool sci-fi show, The Orville. Check it out. And that's it. Um, next week, I think the plan is next week I'm going to have a guest. I'm going to have Jedi Jeff here next week on the Treks and Sci-Fi. I think he's going to do a video show even about some collectibles that he's been getting. And and that would be cool. Uh, I don't even know. Have I ever had a guest video cast before? I'm not sure in all the years I've done Treks and Sci-Fi. It may be just an audio show. He, he told me he said he's going to maybe do a video. It depends, I think, what he decides to do. He hasn't completely made up his mind, or maybe he has, and I just haven't heard. But whatever it is, it'll be out next weekend, and and then I'll be back in two weeks. I don't I forget what I was going to do or what I put on the schedule for two weeks from now. Let me see if I can look real quick. <laughs> um. Oh, it was just going to be sort of a catch-up show of casual show related to current movies and TV. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I might change that. I feel like I, I, I don't know. We'll see how that goes. Oh, losing my voice. Haven't talked for a whole hour on my own in a while. So, yeah, that's a thing. So, everyone, hey, take care of yourselves. Enjoy yourselves. Smile. Say hi to a friend. Call someone you haven't in a while. Go do something. Get out there in the world. Go see a baseball game if you haven't or or do something. Just get out. Get out. Get out and have fun. Yeah, just it's um, life short, so enjoy it. Enjoy yourselves and take care. Uh, just, yeah, just the, I think that's it. <laughs> Why am I having such a hard time saying goodbye? You guys, take care of yourselves. Gosh, I've said that like 12 times, but it is important, so do that. The um, Yeah, I'm going to go now. All right. Bye. I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. This has been a Rico Dosti podcast production.